Welcome to Podcast Rebellion. We are here. Uh, I'm Chico American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We are talking about staff turnover and the transfer portal. Got a lot to talk about. Really important offseason for Lane Kiffin. And so far, I think that things are uh, really interesting. <laughs> so there was a time where it seemed like all was lost and uh, nothing was going the right way for, for Ole Miss. DJ Durkin, defensive coordinator left for uh, a defensive coordinator job at A&M. Uh, Jeff Levy, offensive coordinator left for an offensive coordinator position in Oklahoma. And there was just a lot of uncertainty there. On top of that, Snoop Connor and Jerrion Ely both declared for the NFL draft, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and there was uncertainty there. Kind of spit a lot, a lot of things spinning around and nothing really happening. But over the course of the past week or so, a lot has been happening in a in a positive momentum shift for Ole Miss. Uh, I guess the first thing I'd like to speak about, uh, Whiskey Wednesday, if it's okay with you, is. Uh, Today, it was announced that Ole Miss was hiring Lane Kiffin's brother, Chris Kiffin, to be linebackers coach and co-defensive coordinator, as well as uh, Markel Blackwell to be running backs coach. Chris Kiffin had been, or I guess is technically still Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns defensive line coach, and Markel Blackwell had been the Houston Cougars running backs coach. So I'll kick it over to your thoughts on them and I'll give some as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks everybody for, for tuning in. So the addition of Chris Kiffin, it's a huge win. Um, when we've been kind of struggling to figure out what the staff is going to look like for next year, uh, going through a lot of, you know, kind of frustrating losses and uncertainty and delays and getting new guys in seems like a huge win. Um, Chris Kiffin is obviously one of the best recruiters that Ole Miss has ever had. Juco will probably touch on that in, in just a minute. Um, but he also, you know, since he was last at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze, now has some NFL pedigree uh, that should you know, be really useful, both recruiting and coaching on the field. And he'll serve as the kind of co-defensive coordinator to give um, Chris Partridge a little bit of a safety net still since uh, I guess the prevailing thought was that Partridge was a little bit more of the recruiting side of the, you know, the defensive staff while um, DJ Durkin was a little bit more of maybe the, the uh, scheme and, and play calling side of it. Um, so gives him, you know, a, a pretty huge asset there. And really, for me, it's kind of a wash in terms of losing Durkin and then picking up Kiffin and maybe a plus if he ends up being as good of a recruiter as he was um, last time around. Markel Blackwell, kind of an unknown uh, to me, at least. Maybe Juco wants to touch on that a little bit more. Um, but I, I mean, I think Kevin Smith was one of Lane's. Uh, initial guys and obviously you know you don't want to lose guys that you've kind of had in your circle for a while but I think running back coach is relatively easy to replace and I think there are reasons to feel good about Blackwell yeah yeah uh, so Chris Kiffin I think just like you is a huge hire I'm super duper excited 
from a recruiting standpoint, so 24-7 sports has this really int- uh, interesting thing that lets you kind of look at coaches and see who they re- have recruited uh, over the court, like the, the best players that they've signed or committed and signed, I guess, over the course of their time. So when Chris Giffen was at Ole Miss, he was the primary recruiter for Laramie Tunsil, Laquan Treadwell, Benito Jones, and Marquise Haynes. But, you know, that's a that's a pretty strong, strong, strong group that Ole Miss would like to be able to get back to recruiting that, that type of, of player. He was the secondary recruiter to Robert Kimdichie uh, and... You know, signed signed a whole bunch of other players. I'm not, I'm not naming everybody. Lots of four stars: Jalen Jones, Charles Wiley, Jacob Mathis. Uh, you know, a, a number of a number of players that were were highly regarded. Some of those worked out. Some of them did not. But regardless, he was really involved in that. Then, and, and Ole Miss also during his tenure had a crazy good defensive line, if you remember. Now, on top of that. He, we have a small sample size, but in 2017, he was the FAU defensive coordinator under under Kiffin. And let's see, it it didn't go super well, uh, but they gave up an average of four yards per carry. Uh, they held opposing passing offenses to a 55% completion rate. You know. They they went eleven and three, so, so it can't have gone that badly. Uh, but yeah, I guess overall, I think total offense they gave up around three hundred ninety yards. I don't have any idea about efficiencies based on what I'm seeing right right here, but uh, you know, it, it seems like it was pretty good. Uh, and so to to add him on to a staff that you know, so far at least, things can change over the course of an off season, but. So far, only loses DJ Durkin, who is a big loss, is still really just super encouraging and continues to suggest that Lane Kiffin can kind of reload from a a coaching standpoint. Now, there will be strengths and weaknesses. There will be some coaches who work out and some who don't. But it's it's encouraging to be able to see people with legitimate experience and legit chops to point towards. That actually brings me to Markel Blackwell as well. I think that he is – at first, I, I didn't really understand the hire that much because he's a running backs coach who from Houston who is not – does not have tremendous recruiting in his background. He hasn't signed you know surprising players for Houston or Tulsa where he was before or anything like that. But uh, when I actually looked at what his what his results have been like, it's encouraging. He's, I don't think he's a slam dunk or something like that. You know, if you'd poached away a great power five running backs coach or something like that, that would be a slam dunk. But he tutored. So Kareem Hunt is the best running back he's coached, uh, and he coached him all through college. But his offenses have been, or his his running games have been really good. Uh, all along and that in- includes this most recent season when he was running backs coach at Houston for Alton McCaskill who is a was a true freshman running back uh, who scored 16 touchdowns and let me pull up what his actual yardage is I, I remember 16 touchdowns off the co- top of my head yeah 
he had 189 carries for 961 yards, which is 5.1 per attempt. Really solid and a true freshman. I think that he's also from Tampa, Florida. So he has Florida connection along with Texas having been in Houston. And those two states are prime states for Ole Miss in terms of recruiting. I think he's, he's an interesting, interesting player or interesting coach. Uh, and, uh, you know, a, a good replacement with Kevin Smith moving on to Miami. In interest of talking about, I guess, the staff, I know, Whiskey, you mentioned Partridge and how he's kind of seen as or had been seen as more of a, a recruiter than the, the play caller. I think that we were at least under the impression that DJ Durkin called most of the plays. But I think maybe you want to speak to just what a prolific recruiter he is. Uh, and, and that can actually ease us into a, a portal discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Um Partridge, uh, if you've followed recruiting under Kiffin, uh, you'll notice that we've suddenly had a lot of kind of recruiting penetration in areas where we haven't before uh, in New Jersey, in the Midwest and kind of Big Ten country where there's a lot of talent. And, you know, some of it comes from states where there isn't like a natural in-state choice. Like I mentioned, New Jersey, if you are a high four-star player, um, you know, you're not necessarily going to want to go to Rutgers. Um, You know, there's a lot of pull from Big Ten schools and stuff like that. Uh, And Partridge has done a great job getting in, you know, living rooms with with kids from those areas. Uh, He's seemingly done a pretty good job of of getting us um, some guys from the portal um, and, you know, getting interest from guys in the portal. I think Chance Campbell, um, obviously, he's maybe more tied to Durkin, but he's also from that same kind of region. Um, We recently got a commitment from Troy Brown, uh, a linebacker from Central Michigan that uh, you could probably pencil in as a starter. Um, Oh, yeah likely because of you know partridges and his connections in the the michigan area you know we hired him from the university of michigan um yeah i mean i I think he's really gotten us in the conversation uh with guys in you know regions of the country where we haven't had success in the past oh sure there's no reason for ole miss to be signing taiwan malone there's no reason for them to sign tashim johnson or talik robbins and now you mentioned Troy Brown. He also attracted Ashim Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davison Igbenison as well. Yeah, Davison Igbenison. Great. That, that, that's a, a, another good thing. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to lose Chris Partridge. And so this has – I think there was some tumultuous discussion uh, of maybe Partridge leaves if, if Chris Kiffin comes in and – you know, he wants to have an opportunity to be the the only play caller and a straight up defensive coordinator. That didn't happen, or at least there's no reason to suggest that it will happen based on everything I'm hearing. And then like Chris Partridge even tweeted excitement about Chris Kiffin coming. Um, but yeah, I, 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 having said all this about the portal and what Chris Partridge does, like let's let's talk about some of those portal players. Uh, The first player I want to talk about is actually Ashim Young, who I wrote a post on uh, last – I guess I I wrote a post on him this week. 
just about kind of what what the what type of player he is. And he's from Iowa State, safety. Uh, he was co-defensive player, co-defensive freshman of the year in the Big 12 in 2020, followed that up with another really strong 2021 season, and then announced he was transferring. He hits super duper hard. He is, I mentioned it in our, our Red Cup Slack channel. Uh, if you are excited, if you were excited to see Tyler Knight, just wait till you see Ashim Young. I think that he is, you know, that, that level of player who can really bring a lot of, uh, uh, bone crushing hits, although bone crushing now carries like a very negative connotation when it comes to football. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, super explosive and lays it all out to stop ball carriers, which is really what you want from a, uh, a safety, especially in the three, two, six. Although I think there's also been some rumblings that we may be moving more towards a four, two, five ish kind of, uh, kind of formation in, on the, on defense. Yeah, absolutely. So Aishin Myung, obviously a huge get. He's another guy that you can probably pencil in as a starter uh, somewhere. He perhaps plays the same position as Otis Reese, but I think you got to find a place on the field for both of those guys. Yeah. Um, we kind of <laughs> clumsily tried to talk defensive scheming in our Slack channel a couple of days ago, and that's kind of what we landed on, that they likely played sort of the middle safety position in the 326. Um so uh, we we touched on Troy Brown as well. Um, he was an All Mac selection three years in a row. Uh, he Isn't that amazing? <laughs> what now? Isn't that amazing? Like as a sophomore, he was All Mac, and then he just stayed at Central Michigan for two more years and was All Mac both of those years too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so watching his highlights, he appears to be a guy who really shoots gaps and makes tackles behind the line of scrimmage really well, who pursues uh, quarterbacks in the backfield really well, um, makes a lot of kind of instinctive athletic looking plays, um, you know, kind of reminds me more Mark Robinson than Chance Campbell. Uh, mm-hmm. if you want to compare him to, to guys on the current roster, um, and and like I said, we we lose a lot at linebacker in in Robinson and Campbell um, without really proven guys behind them. There are a couple of guys with with potential and and with a lot of snaps, but nobody who's been a full time starter before. Uh, so bringing him in is absolutely huge. Um, let's see, where do we want to go? We want to touch on more portal recruits from here. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So we haven't even talked about Zach Evans on the podcast. Uh, Zach Evans uh, transferred to Ole Miss or announced he was transferring to Ole Miss. He, if any of you have not heard yet, he was a, he was a, he's a former five-star high school recruit. He signed with TCU and in his freshman and sophomore seasons, both years, he rushed for over seven yards per carry. He is fast, strong, big, and has good vision. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that he's an exceptional player who will really help the team a ton. Yeah, absolutely. He was ranked as high at times as the number five overall player, I think, in the 2020 class. Um, I think, you know, due to a number of factors, there were it was kind of talked about that he was kind of a head case or something, and and you know maybe. I don't know, for one reason or another, his stock dropped a good bit, but he was still one of the absolute highest rated uh, running backs in that class. And 
again, over seven yards of carry two years in a row, like with a, a lot of carries, you know, he was kind yeah. of a, a primary focal point of that offense and still just crushed in yards per carry. Um, so, you know, and, we and it's were, not like he only played when they were, you know, playing their FCS games or something like that. I mean, he was, yeah. he played a ton. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really exciting and encouraging. Um, I guess we could talk about some of the I know this this weekend is a big weekend for transfer portal recruiting. There's there's a lot going on. Uh, First, let's kick it off. Uh, The reports so far uh, are that Jackson Dart, a quarterback from USC and his roommate, Michael Trigg, who's a tight end at USC, uh, will be on campus this weekend. Uh, Obviously, Ole Miss is looking for a quarterback to compete with Luke Altmaier for the starting job. And Jackson Dart is uh, in his true freshman year. He played, I think, six games at USC. Let me actually pull up his stats. If you want to say something while I'm doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the current result of this huge set of dominoes that's been knocked over. Um, I guess starting with Lincoln Riley leaving for Southern Cal, uh, it led to Jeff Levy and Brent Venables going to Oklahoma. Um, Dylan Gabriel uh, was being recruited by Ole Miss and Levy to be the the successor to Matt Corral. Uh, Gabriel was the quarterback at Central Florida until he was hurt uh, and then entered the transfer portal. And he was considered a guy who can really rack up some big numbers. Maybe not, you know, an obvious NFL guy, but, you know, a valuable starter. Well, um, when Levy left for Oklahoma, Gabriel committed to UCLA. Uh, then <laughs> Caleb Williams, uh, <laughs> the quarterback at Oklahoma, entered the portal, uh, presumably mostly to follow uh, Riley to Southern Cal. Uh, either that, or he was sort of dissatisfied with you know the the current progress at Oklahoma with their staff. Uh, <laughs> so when that happened. Um, Gabriel decommitted from UCLA and committed to Oklahoma uh, to reunite with with Levy, who I guess he was excited to play with and, and knows kind of Levy's offensive style from when Levy was at Central Florida. Um, <laughs> so uh, the presumption that Caleb Williams would then go to USC led Jackson Dart to jump in the portal and <laughs> uh, <laughs> the world turns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Jackson Dart. I I was able to get it up uh, in in six games, seemingly all of which he started. He completed sixty two percent of his passes for thirteen hundred yards with nine touchdowns and five interceptions. His QBR was sixty seven point seven, and I, I I know that when we're comparing that with the possibility we that Ole Miss had. Or I guess technically still has in Dylan Gabriel and Caleb Williams. It it's not as flashy, and it's not. I mean, he's he's not the prospect that those two are. But if Ole Miss can land him, they have two solid competitors in the spring who can really fight it out and have a legitimate competition for the starting job. Both of whom are completing their freshman year. So yeah. potential long term answer at quarterback and. 
Jackson Dart, I, I looked at his his highlight tape, uh, and certainly he makes great plays uh, in in highlights, of course. Uh, but against against legitimate competition, like his best game, of course, was against Washington State, where he threw four touchdowns uh, and he threw for 391 yards on 46 attempts, two picks, but still it was a, it was a good game. Um, his worst game was against. Go ahead. You pointed out in his highlights as well that he's running for his life. These oh, man. Highlights. Their line is so bad. What in the world? How did yeah. USC do that? Uh, unclear. But, yeah, you got to think that maybe that contributed to um, some of his struggles. Yeah, again, he had a successful season for a, a freshman starting quarterback. Uh, but, but yeah, you think with maybe a better line, uh, a cleaner pocket, he could be even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so then Michael Trigg. Michael Trigg was also a four-star coming out of high school. He, I think Ole Miss finished maybe second or third uh, in, in the running for him, but he chose USC. Uh, he's seen as a, you know, one of the, I guess, new age tight ends who is very fast, a, a legitimate receiving threat, but, you know, not just that. And... In his only season, he, he was also a freshman at, at USC. In his only season at USC, I think he only played in – or at least he only had receptions in four games. I can't say for sure that he uh, he only played in four. But it's possible, I guess, that Ole Miss could even – if he or wherever he ends up could, could still – sustain his red shirt for this season and he would be a red shirt freshman next year which would be you know really interesting anyway um he is he had seven catches for 100 yards uh 109 yards this season but he's 6'4 245 and seen as the type of player who can really make a huge difference you know kiffin when kiffin and charlie weiss jr who is the new offensive coordinator at ole miss had success had so much success at at fau it was with the best tight end in uh in football college football that year whose name is what was that guy's name oh my gosh uh i'll pull it up but yeah what are your thoughts on trig um, I think he looks phenomenal as as a, a prospect and gives us something that we appear to completely lack in the tight end room right now, which is a guy who more resembles an, an overgrown wide receiver than an inline blocker. Um, I think the only other guy that we have that represents that kind of receiving threat is maybe Hudson Wolf, but he doesn't appear to be quite as fast and athletic. Uh, he, you know, appears to to have some skill and, you know, catch radius and, and whatnot. But uh, a trig really brings us something that has kind of been a, a, a head scratcher. Uh, our, our difficulty in recruiting um, tight ends that are, you know, pass catchers, you know, for, for Lane Kiffin's offense. I think he gives us that in spades. Uh, and would probably come in and, and catch a lot of balls right away. Yeah, Harrison Bryant is the name of the tight end. He's he's currently ah. in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Mackey um, Award winner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, you know, certainly interesting there. Um, a few other names to to run through, and we can just briefly touch because I know we we don't have a ton of time based on what we were planning. Um, Deion Smith, LSU wide receiver. Uh, I think he's he's formally in the portal now, but there are some hitches. I think there's some academic thing. I don't know if it's grades or 
class graduate like classes towards graduation i i'm i don't know that um but it would be good to get him uh dj james was a starting corner for oregon this past season he's originally from alabama and wants seemingly wants to get closer to home that would be huge uh i i Honestly, I haven't seen any film on him or anything like that. Uh, I have not sought it out, but he was a starting corner on a top 20 team in the country. So I'll take him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Also, we're trying to find potentially kind of a plug and play offensive line starter. Um, There's a guy named Mason Brooks from, I believe, Western Kentucky, who uh, is either visiting or just visited um, competing with Auburn for him and maybe Texas Tech as well. Um, he looks to be maybe a, a, an offensive tackle starter, one side or the other. Um, really, you know, we need a couple of roster things to shake out there because I think it's still unclear whether or not Nick Broker is coming back. Um, and then also, we're trying to find maybe a, a receiver in case Deion Smith doesn't work out or doesn't work out soon enough, or maybe even just another guy in addition to him. And, um, Jordan Watkins, who we are already committed from Louisville, um, really looking to overhaul the receiver room. Right now, there's a guy named Isaiah Nair who's on campus, uh, former Wyoming wide receiver, current Tennessee commit, um, but someone that they've continued to recruit. Um, but yeah, those are kind of, I, I think, the the circle of guys that Kiffin and staff are focused on right now. Uh, maybe a few that are kind of waiting to enter the portal, but, you know, don't want to overly speculate on those when we have a bunch of guys on campus or about to be on campus right now. Yeah. Isaiah Nair. um, I mean, I don't think you were trying to cast it this way, but he's definitely not a backup plan to Deion Smith. I, Oh no, no, no. Yeah. That dude, like uh, he, if, if for some reason they're able to get him away from Tennessee, who he's already committed to, uh, that would be like, I mean, he has potential to be a, an all sec type receiver. He may not be, you know, but as a freshman this year, he caught 44 balls for 878 yards and 12 touchdowns for Wyoming, 20 yards per catch on 44 catches. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) That's nuts. Uh, (laughs) And he's six, three and uh, apparently super duper fast. So six, three and super duper fast is a good combo. I think I, I have to look at a player like him and wonder, uh, if he, well, I, I, I guess not because I think this was his, actually his red shirt freshman year. He was red shirted in 2020. Um, so I guess he's not, I was thinking maybe he was one of those players who sort of fell through the cracks because of COVID and, uh, you know, wasn't able to be scouted in the way that typically they would have, but he was, he was already on campus last year. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe not. Um, yeah. Then I guess the last little bit we wanted to talk about is some of the players that that are leaving Ole Miss um and you know for either for uh brighter pastures for the NFL or uh, just to see if they can figure out you know another place where they can find more playing time or something like that we already talked about Tylen Knight I mentioned him when I was talking about Ashim Young but uh, he's transferring we don't know where yet but Certainly wish him well. That that guy, you know, gave it his all every every game and was involved in a number of huge key plays in, in Ole Miss history. Um, so yeah, really, 
hope that he's able to go somewhere that he can be an everyday starter and and really get things done towards the end of the year he was playing a little less uh and that certainly it certainly makes sense that he would be interested uh in his spending his senior year somewhere that he can really be playing a lot um but yeah more power to the guy yeah absolutely great great rebel (laughs) yeah uh, on top of those, let's see. Jalen Jordan is transferring. Uh, Bryce Ramsey's transferring. Transferring to Janice Jackson. I think it, w- it was just announced he's going to South Alabama. Uh, John Rice Plumley is Wait, going you mean, to. Did you say Dennis Jackson or Jaden Jackson? Oh, did I say Janice? Uh, Jaden ja- Jackson is <laughs> Jaden Jackson is who's going to uh, to South Alabama. Yeah. Um, John Rice Plumley uh, is transferring to UCF where he'll play both football and baseball. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about him, I think even on the podcast once before, uh, but certainly just amongst ourselves, uh, certainly wanted it to work out. We we would have loved for Plumlee to, to work at wide receiver and make that move make sense, but it didn't seem like it was, was or it was going to. And so uh, it makes sense for him to go somewhere that views him as a potential quarterback, and can see if that if that works at that level or you know within that system or whatever it may be yeah like we we kind of touched on it's tough to be a two-sport athlete and also change positions in the offseason where you're playing baseball um you know i part of me wants to think that he might have worked out a lot better if he had focused on that that one thing uh but obviously he still has a lot of love for baseball and and played a good bit for you know a very good Ole Miss baseball team last year so you know i I think it's not silly for him to continue to play baseball it's just kind of hard for him to have it all he's such a talented guy but you still got to commit a lot of time and effort to be successful uh you know at this level so you know more power to him you know fan favorite cool guy um yeah i hope it works out yeah then uh a number of players that declared early for the draft snoop connor i mean can't say enough good stuff about that guy he oh yeah i was a under recruited player who really just from the moment he stepped foot on campus was a great running back uh, yeah. Jerry on Ely, not under recruited, but also was a great running back from the moment he stepped foot on campus. Uh, Chance Campbell announced a few days ago that he'd be foregoing his uh, essentially COVID year of eligibility uh, and, and going ahead to the draft. Man, one year at Ole Miss. Think about what he was before. I mean, he was a second team all ACC, I think, uh, which is you know, very good. And Honorable I don't think he ended up, I don't think he ended up on the all sec teams. Did he? I don't think so. And you said he was second team. He might've been third or honorable mention. I honorable don't think mention he was second. Like that. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, he probably should have been uh, on an all sec team. Absolutely crushed it. Um, yeah. in, in ways that were very obvious. If you ever watched an old this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it really paid off for him. I mean, he's, I, I don't have any idea about what his draft prospects are like, but obviously in evaluating whether he should come back for another year, he got a draft grade he was happy with and decided to, to take that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, ben Brown is you know a lifelong Ole Miss fan who became then an Ole Miss starting offensive lineman and did very well uh, and is also forgoing his COVID year of eligibility to, to go ahead and go to the draft. 
I mean, I think yeah. the the offense really took a step back when he went down. I mean, obviously the receivers made a huge difference too, but uh, it was it was tough to replace him. Yeah, definitely. We have some some good young guys behind him, but he was you know very veteran uh, starter, um, very dominant at times, and you know played pretty mistake free ball a lot of times. And and yeah, be sad to see him go. Yeah, and then lastly, uh, we don't really know. Nick Broker. Nick Broker has not announced yet as of this recording at 3.56 Central on January 13th. Has not announced uh, whether he will be going pro or not. He could come back for his true senior year um, because I think this was only his true junior year. So theoretically, he would have two years of eligibility left, I believe. But uh, we'll take just one. That's fine. Um, Yeah, it would be awesome to to return the left tackle. And uh, we'll have to see. I, I talked on the on the last podcast about how he is ex- expected to sort of project as a guard in the NFL, and it may that may make it make sense for him to come back for another year. But we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's all I really have, and I know we're sort of at time. Whiskey, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, like you like you said, this has been one of the crazier off seasons to follow, but it's been really exciting uh, <laughs> roller coaster every day. So, yeah, we'll we'll hopefully have another edition with some more exciting updates uh, in the next week or two. Yeah, huge things happen every day. So definitely uh, keep checking on stuff and check on things at redcuprebellion.com. All right. Peace out, everybody.